I'm Emily. And you're listening to A Sprinkle of Sugar, A Dash of Murder, a true crime podcast with an element of baking. And are you baking or cooking this week? Yes, I am. I am cooking. Um, So we are covering an Australian murder and it happens in the ocean, correct? Yeah. So ocean, obviously some kind of, oh, I knew that was going to be. Oh, is it your coffee? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Now that we murdered your eardrums, (laughs) let's talk about a real murder. So obviously this murder happened in the ocean. Obviously you jumped to fish from there. I hate fish. Same, same. Lobster's expensive. I can't catch a shark. Is that a fish? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I don't, obviously. No. Okay, for one, for one, my favorite word right now is obviously, because I think I've said it like four or five times already. Obviously. Obviously. But we all know that dolphins are mammals. But are sharks? No, they're not mammals. But I think they give birth. Do they lay eggs? I'm so... Uh-uh. No. <laughs> sharks? But they aren't, they aren't mammals because they don't breathe air. I don't know. I don't know. What is a shark? <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually Googling it. Yeah, I'm curious. It's a fish. Okay. All right. Good to know. All right. So anyway, um, no dolphin here either. So anyway, I jumped to shrimp and I love shrimp. I love frying it up in a pan. And so this one's a super simple recipe, just lemon, garlic, butter, shrimp. That makes my mouth water. <laughs> As y'all know, I love my butter. Yes, so we do. I'm excited for this one. <laughs> So anyway, um, you know, you get, take some peeled shrimp, stick them in a frying pan, saute them up, mix in some uh, fresh lemon juice and some garlic and butter, and you got you got your fixings. So I mean, obviously, there's more precise measurements and ingredients to that. So obviously, yeah, I gotta stop saying obviously. <laughs> So I will we'll post the recipe on our Instagram and everything. Yeah. Amazing. Alrighty. Let's okay. get started. Okay. So yeah, this is, um, so this did happen in Australia in 2003, um, but it was kind of unsolved for a while and um, it didn't get officially like solved and closed until 2012 so it was ongoing for quite some time so tina watson and her new husband gabe watson had just gotten married and they were they're americans but they decided to spend their honeymoon in australia to go scuba diving on the great barrier reef in october 2003 uh, they, the two of them met in college taking a similar class and they had gotten married. I, it seemed like pretty quickly from what I could tell, like they weren't together super long, maybe like a year. I don't know, like that, like a year. Um, and her family was kind of shocked that they had decided to go scuba diving because she was not a very good swimmer. 
and no and she never really liked getting her hair wet even when she was in a pool and was afraid of deep water um but Gabe was a very experienced diver and he loved the water and she had decided she wanted she was willing to like try things that he was into as like a newly married couple right I mean I can see that like Kendrick he really hates deep water and all that but he's he's a really good swimmer but he just hates the deep water he hates like the unknown of the ocean and everything same (laughs) right but I have definitely convinced him to come swimming with me in the ocean just because I like it and so he like you you should join me and he actually does so I can kind of see that it could be your fears for the those you love it couldn't be me, but I admire that for you. <laughs> anyway, um, so they were going to see a famous shipwreck, and uh, they were going with a team. Gabe was a rescue diver, so he was very competent. He knew what he was doing, but Tina was not experienced at all. She had never once done it. Um, and when they went with this company, they had to do an interview with the scuba company to test their experience, experience. And the experts suggested Tina should do an orientation dive with an instructor. Um, but the couple, they were very adamant. Gabe was like, we know what we're doing. I'm licensed. It's fine. And she was like, yeah, it's fine. He's licensed. So they did not do the orientation dive. Stoopy, stoopy. Yeah. Always do the orientation dive. So, Especially when you're not experienced. Yeah. Um, so it was October 22nd that day, 11 days after they got married, um, the day of their dive. And the weather was good, but there was a very strong current. And before they went out, like as a group, because it wasn't just them. It was like them, the instructors, and like some other tourists as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had a dive debriefing and were once again offered an orientation and they refused it again. So you can't force one on somebody, but it is obviously suggested. I mean, I feel like it should kind of be a requirement, actually. Yeah. I feel like it, kind of, it should kind of be forced. Like if you're going to go on this dive, you need to be a part of our orientation. I would think it would be forced. Like, I remember, um, this is totally different, not scuba diving, but when I was rock climbing one time and I already knew how to like belay and everything, but they still, even though I had already taken that course, the company I went to was like, well, we don't, you need to do our course. So they made me do it again. And like, that's fine. But like, don't you think most companies would do that no matter what activity you're doing? Like, Right. They don't yeah. know what, what you were taught. And I mean, you could be a danger to yourself and others because putting yourself in a dangerous situation then risks other people's lives around you trying to save you. Right. So I don't know. And I think that I've seen it um, when I've been like on trips to Mexico. One trip to Mexico. I don't know why I'm acting like I go to Mexico all the time. But I remember them practicing scuba diving like taking classes and like going to the bottom of the pools to kind of show the equipment and everything yep yeah so it's not difficult to just take a quick little course yeah it really isn't um and if I were as inexperienced as Tina which I am I would definitely make sure I'd take I'd be like can we take two orientation (laughs) classes 
Can I go again? <laughs> I need practice. So the group like went underwater, but Gabe resurfaced because there was something wrong with his dive computer. And it turned out like probably the batteries were in backwards or something. So it was a quick problem. Um, and then they got back in the water. But after that second time, uh, the current had substantially decreased. So they were all feeling a bit more confident. The current wasn't so bad anymore. Um, and Tina submerged for about 30 seconds before the other group of people. Um, so Tina and Gabe were in a group. And then um, the leader, the team leader and the other tourists were in like another group. They weren't too far from each other, though. And um, so another diver was taking a picture of himself. And I'll post the picture. It's like kind of really haunting. But um, as he's taking the picture, he does not realize Tina's body is lying on the seafloor dead in the background of his picture. So yeah, it's so creepy when you see the picture and there's a diver swimming towards her in the background. So like it all happens so fast that they're taking this picture. This guy, one guy's posing. The other one is realizing she's dead and swimming towards her in the background. And um, so somewhere in like just a few minutes, Tina wound up dead on the seafloor. So the team leader said he was in the water for about six or seven minutes when he noticed a diver lying away from the shipwreck because that's what they were going on to all see. And he dove toward her and it was Tina and he carried her to the surface. The team leader did. And others who were already above the water saw that Gabe had come up alone and were asking him what happened. And another diver named Ken Snyder um, was asking, gave some questions like what happened down there? Why did you come up alone? Stuff like that. And um, Gabe tells them that Tina had become overweighted with gear and had started to panic and flail in the water and that she had knocked his mask and regulator out of his mouth. So Gabe said by the time he got his equipment back on, she was sinking and he said she was like reaching up, like hands up towards him, like staring up at him. And he was like, I just have to go get help and swam back up to the surface. Um, oh. Yeah. And then Ken says, well, Gabe, you just left her there. You didn't swim after her. And Gabe just said, I had to go get help. So, and then Ken said he stared at Gabe for a long time after that and was like, no, that didn't happen. So I think some people were suspicious of Gabe. So um, from no one really yeah. believed him or most people didn't believe him. Yeah. Um, Ken says that an experienced diver would know you never, ever leave a diver in that state you never go back up for time for, for help with time. You don't have you, you don't. Right. Um, and as an experienced diver, I mean, in my mind, you should be a strong enough swimmer to be able to go and retrieve her and help her. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, um, kind of suspicious, you know, um, they start first aid CPR immediately on Tina once she's up on the boat. 
And after 45 minutes of trying, they decide to stop. And I mean, that's a good long time. I applaud them for trying, really. Um, And Gabe is not on the same boat as Tina as they're doing CPR. He's on another boat. And so someone goes over to his boat to tell him that his wife is dead. And that's when he's like, oh, can I see her body? Like, don't you think you'd be so panicked? Like, um, I mean, I know everyone responds differently to grief, but I don't know. It seems weird to me that you wouldn't try to get on the other boat. But okay. I, yeah, I don't, I don't understand that. Like, he just seems very chill about the whole situation that just happened. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like, he not only, his wife not only drowned, like, he basically watched her as she was drowning. Yeah, basically. Uh, so once everyone gets back on land, um, the police are there to take statements and Gabe tells them he took Tina into the water and because his dive computer was malfunctioning, they had to resurface and go back in and about 15 meters down, Tina wanted to resurface. Um, and so they started to swim back, but Tina began to panic and knocked off his mask and regulator, which did happen um Gabe lets her go to put it back on and that's when he says the same story to the police that she started to sink I'm in here the lights (laughs) just turned off (laughs) oh well I can see um I think they're on like a timer or something I don't know (laughs) you're not making enough movement oh well I guess I'm not um Okay, so he tells her, he tells the police the same story that she was sinking and he decided there was nothing he can do for to help her and like swam back up for help. And he says that on the way back up on the dive line, he bumped into two other divers, but had trouble communicating what had happened to them underwater. So he continued to the surface. BS. Yeah. How about you go? wave your arms start frantically pointing like, right I think people lie. would get the gist that something's yeah. going on take their hand bring them with you show them nobody is that far apart from each other in this group either where it would be unheard of to make it there in time unless you went all the way to the surface so yeah. um so Gabe's father tell calls tina's family and is the one who tells them what happened um that she drowned in the ocean Gabe's father yeah gabe's father not even gabe yeah and then still her in-laws those are your new parents right show them respect by i mean i don't know i guess okay if you're so distraught i can see why someone else would want to call but like Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah gabe And then obviously her parents are like, well, we want to speak to Gabe. We want to know what happened. So he tells them the same story that he's been telling. Um, But their main concern, they think it's like a tragic accident at this point. They don't really suspect anything and they don't know anything about diving. So they don't know like the logistics of would it be difficult to go save somebody, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it sounds legit, especially from someone that's an experienced diver telling you this I wouldn't and you it's not like you'd think that the new the man that your daughter just married is a murderer and yeah exactly. that wouldn't be your first thought so I can totally see why 
people would believe it. Yeah. Um, the one thing her parents wanted to know, they were like, were you with her while they were trying CPR? Were you like by her side when it happened? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I was. But they'll later find out, no, he was on a different boat. So I think that was like the big thing for her parents. They didn't want her to like be alone. And he lied to them about that. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah. But I um, mean, at the same time, okay, to be devil's advocate here, I, he might feel guilty that he wasn't, like, if he was completely innocent in all this, he might right. feel guilty that he wasn't with her. You know, he might have been panicking, not being at, like, he just couldn't even see her. Some people are really, you know, it's, it, that would be traumatizing to see. Right. That it would like, be. Effective CPR is really aggressive and it's it's not it's not pretty to see or anything no so like yeah I get that yeah so and also like there are times where you know it's just comforting to the other people to say yes your loved one did not die alone they people were with her you know so even if it was it's not the case yeah it's just it's more comforting for there. Also, I saw like some doctors said um, most of the time uh, victims' families don't want to watch CPR. So most of the time they don't. So I guess that is normal. Um, so we'll, we'll give it. Allowed. Yeah, maybe he wasn't even allowed. Maybe it was he there, she was put on a different boat away from everyone and they wanted to be able to do their medical work on her and did not want to have the family members getting involved because sometimes some people like remember how we were told to act in um right first aid yes when we so we did a wilderness first aid course and we were the actresses in it so there was one point where one of us got struck by lightning yeah and our heart stopped. So they needed to perform CPR on us. Obviously, they'd be pretend CPR, but like mm-hmm. they need to perform CPR on us. And the other one of us needed to get involved and needed to get in the way and be annoying. Be just, <laughs> yeah, just be annoying and see how they also handled the loved one. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, fun. there were times where I, I, one of us would literally grab the person, and like try to pull them off, like, <laughs> Casey, yeah. no. <laughs> Emily, oh my god. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so mm-hmm. I mean, it's a uh, you never know how people are gonna act or what kind of protocols this company might have had. Yeah, exactly. So a few days later, Gabe tells the police he wants to just clarify a few things to them and goes back in voluntarily. And he said in his first statement to the police that the currents were a little bit above mild, but not unbearable. In his second statement, he says, oh, they were the strongest currents I've ever seen and wanted to let everyone know that the currents were a factor in her death, for sure. That's a little uh, dramatic. (laughs) It is, isn't it, Jilly? (laughs) (laughs) She's choking on her milk. <laughs> <Doing> some <laughs> spit takes. Um, 
yeah so uh, you know I mean we're all glad people like mess up like this but why would you voluntarily walk in be like you know what? I want to clarify some things obviously that's going to make you look sketchy yeah uh, everything I said before was wrong <laughs> yeah <laughs> she thinks that's so funny <laughs> uh, uh so the police asked um, Gabe, were you and Tina offered an orientation dive? And he said, no, we were not. And that was a lie. They were offered it twice. And he also said that although he was a rescue diver, he had received no training on how to properly carry an unconscious person to the surface. Then what so, do you do as a rescue diver? Literally, literally, that's your whole job. So <laughs> I don't believe you, sir. Um, but even, even so, no foul play is suspected yet. So he was allowed to leave the country and go back home to bury Tina in America. And her funeral was in November 2003. And around Christmas time that year, Gabe sent out a Christmas card with him and Tina on the front of it with a picture up from their wedding. And on the inside of the card, it said, who's that sexy guy next to Tina? Oh, yeah, that's me. And drew a smiley face. Um, what? That's a little insensitive. Yeah, not very good behavior for someone whose wife of 11 days died a few months before Christmas. No so um tina's like best friend amanda and some others started to be suspicious and think like this isn't normal behavior um even though everyone grieves differently like you you wouldn't put out a christmas card that said that because that's just weird that's just you would think it's just i I don't know like send that like she he probably sent that to to her parents Mm mm-hmm yeah, he sent it to like everyone they know. She is holding on to your shirt. <laughs> She's like, I won't let go. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. Um, so at this point, the diver who he had spoke to on the boat that day, Ken Snyder, decided to go to Tina's parents himself and tell them Gabe's story was not consistent that he had been changing it to the police and he was kind of a suspicious guy and tina's parents again don't really know diving they don't really know any other side of the story um or what would be considered wrong so this is kind of the when ken goes to talk to them this is kind of really the first time they're hearing it in this sort of light um and ken tells tina's parents Gabe claimed that she was panicking full out and yet just sink is um, sunk like serenely down, like staring up at him that that doesn't add up either. She was in such a panic or she wasn't. And a panicking diver would not sink like that. A full panic attack and the diver would make them like claw frantically and climb over anyone to get to the surface. They don't just like sink peacefully down staring up like Gabe said like yeah I don't know it's weird um so Tina's parents were obviously like very stunned by this 
but they start to become suspicious because of like his expertise and like what he said about the water and divers and things like that and how Gabe acted when it all happened. Um, and I got, I feel bad. Like their parent, her parents had like no inkling that it was anything other than a tragic drowning until that point. And, and on some level, you're kind of like, maybe they shouldn't know that, but like they should, cause it's their daughter. You right. Know? They want justice for her. Yeah. Um, Gabe, I think he like found out about that meeting and he then sent a letter to Tommy, who is Tina's father saying he was Tina's husband, even for just 11 days. And that means he should get all of her stuff and that Tommy needed to turn in all her stuff to him right now. What the heck? Yeah. And as soon as he got that letter, Tommy, Tina's father, decided to go straight to Australia and talk to the police and the diver who carried her up to find out for himself what happened. It's stupid. Yep. So Wade Singleton was the trip director and the lead diver who had carried Tina to the surface. And Wade agreed to speak with her parents and answer their questions. And um, because this was such a big concern for them, her parents once again asked, did Gabe um, come by Tina while they were doing resuscitation on her like he said he did? And Wade says, no, he was actually on the other boat the whole time. So they find out that was a lie. And so now her parents are getting like more and more like a snowball of suspicion that they don't know what to think um the police were also now suspicious like there was no foul play and nothing like official yet but they on the sly started an investigation um after they had like an autopsy on her body and it confirmed that she died of drowning but with possible um like cut off from oxygen so there's oh. a possibility of foul play with something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so her autopsy also eliminated any health problems being a factor in her death, even though she did have some heart issues. Um, they were made aware of that. And the autopsy said like their, her heart had like nothing to do with her death. She didn't have anything going on that badly. Um, and they also tested all of her equipment to see if it was working properly. And it was, so there wasn't any reason why her equipment should have like malfunctioned or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, because it was new, it, maybe it wasn't new, but like it was in very good condition. Um, and then the investigators realized Gabe lied about the dive computer that, um, Gabe said the dive computer went off and was like beeping, but they found out the batteries were not in it properly. Um, and that if the batteries were not in it properly, it wouldn't go off at all. So like he was saying it was going off for some reason, I don't know, but it wasn't. So just kind of a couple things like not adding up. Right. Um, And all of the expert, they started interviewing expert divers and all of them said with Gabe's certifications um, as a rescue diver, 
and like just having experience in the water in general, he would have been able to easily catch up with Tina with just a few kicks of his legs to pull her up to the surface. So, and he's claiming she was too far down. She wasn't, she was probably only a few feet from him. And um, they can see that because he also lied about the position of her body. Um, He told them she was on the wreck but because of that photo where her body is captured oh. in, in the background, they can tell her body was n- at like a 90 degree angle to the currents, not going through the currents. And she was 16 meters away from the shipwreck. So they know he was lying about where she died too, because of that photo. Yeah. So things are just not looking good for Gabe. And They also realized, they looked into his rescue diving certifications, certifications, that's a word, Um, and they saw he was trained in how to bring an unconscious diver to the surface in his training. So he absolutely should have known Wow. So he's more trained than most. Than most, yeah. He's like, he's very, very good diver. He he would know how to save her. He could have. Mm-hmm. if he wanted to yeah um so then the, all the the investigators then asked every single crew member and passenger on the boat who to find out who he spoke to because he said he bumped into two divers going up the dive line remember oh yeah every single person said he never stopped to talk to us we didn't see him until he was on the boat so that's another thing he said he tried to get help from people in the water and everyone why would you lie because that is so easily disputed you know right it's so easy for everyone to be like no (laughs) i don't understand yeah stupidity um in his interview gabe also said he rocketed to the surface and surprised himself that he didn't even that he didn't get the bends from how fast he was swimming um, like trying to get someone for help. And however, the data from his dive computer shows he was only 15 meters down in the water and it took him about three minutes to get to the surface. And they compared it to Wade's computer. Wade is the diver who saved Tina. And Wade traveled twice the distance with Tina in his arms in half that time. So... It was could have easily been done with someone of his size and everything. Wow. <clears throat> yep. Um, like, ah, so frustrating. Yeah, incredibly. And Australian police tell the American police what they have about Gabe because it was it's the Australian police who have been looking into this. Um. And since Gabe is in the States, they decide to share information with each other. So mm-hmm. bravo, the Australian police are probably the most open police we've ever talked to. Yeah, <laughs> They're right. very willing to share. Um, so American police in Alabama, which is where they live, um, start to look into his behavior stateside. And they realize that somebody somebody had started removing flowers from Tina's grave 
Um, anytime someone put flowers there, they would just disappear later. Um, and Gabe actually had Tina exhumed and moved to a plot that he owns, like away from her family plot onto his. And they're only a hundred yards away from each other. Um, and there is, uh, the police had to film it for like legal reasons. They had to film her, um, exhumation is that a word you just say i don't know i don't know the the proper tense for it but you know they had to film it and her father says it was like the one of the worst days of his life like it was just like a terrible terrible thing very traumatic you would never want that you know um why and they never found out why yeah like why he insisted on it it was only a hundred yards away. Like, yeah. Um, and, um, it happened on October 7th, 2005 and Gabe didn't even come. He wasn't there when they did it. Yeah. I, I have no words. Yup. And so the flowers continued to disappear even after that, after she was moved and, her father, Tommy, started putting flowers on with a bike lock to make sure they, like, stayed on there. And police decided to set up surveillance on her grave to see who's doing it. Um, and after a few days, Gabe shows up. And this is on camera. He shows up with bolt cutters, cuts the flowers and the bike lock, throws the flowers into the street and throws away the bolt lock in the trash. So he's just like, he just does not care. Gets rid of her family's flowers every time. And now they have proof because the police filmed it. What is happening? Why does he, where is all this anger? What's the motive? I just don't get it. Right. I mean, maybe like the aftermath of everything, he feels like he's being blamed and like he really feels innocent. So now he's got some anger. Mm Hmm. I mean, that's the, like, I just don't, I just want to know the motive. <laughs> yup. Don't worry. It's coming. Good. So, um, police are starting to like look into the witnesses and see if anyone actually saw anything. Cause like there was a huge group of people out in the water that day and it wasn't that far away from them. So they're like, somebody must have seen something. And there was a doctor in the water, Dr. Stanley Stutz. He says he saw an interaction between two divers, but was unsure of what it really was. Um, One diver looked distressed and was moving frantically, which would have been Tina. And Gabe embraced Tina around her back for about 30 seconds. And then they separated. Tina sunk and Gabe swam up to the surface. So with this new little information, they come up with a theory. Wait, who's saying that? I'm sorry, I missed that. A part. doctor, doc, a doctor Stutz, who was in the dive group that day, and he didn't report that right away. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, why did this come out later? I thought the same exact thing. There is like, they literally, I couldn't find anything of why it, it took forever to get this. I don't know. Yeah, because that that pretty much explains the scene of exactly what happened exactly i think because 
I mean, I feel like he should have said something right away, no matter what. But I think it wasn't like a foul play investigation until much later. So maybe that's why. But I still would have said something if I saw something. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this is the police theory of what happened after that little piece of it information they believe that gabe claimed to have an issue with his dive computer that morning just to buy time to get him and tina separate from the other two like they or the other group who would like continue to move on and with scuba um so that there were fewer witnesses and that once gabe had taken tina far enough away from the group he grabbed her in the bear hold that Dr. Stutz said he saw and turns her air off. And Tina starts to fight back and does manage to knock his equipment off because it did get knocked off. Um, and he swam back down and turned her air tank back on so that it didn't look like foul play or anything. Because oh. if it was turned off, they would have known instantly it was foul play. Oh, I see. Um, So the police do reenactments with divers in the water to prove that that could be done. And now they start looking for a motive. Like, why would he do this? So on April in 2007, so she died in 2003. And they just now get a search warrant for Gabe's home in 2007. And with the search warrant became like personality checks with neighbors and stuff like that. And neighbors said Gabe was pretty controlling. And one time he bought an engagement ring, hid it in a bag and said, like to Tina, there, there it is. There's the ring, but you get it when I'm ready. And if you look in this bag and look at this ring before I'm ready, I'm taking it back and we're not going to get married ever. So kind of like that kind of attitude, like controlling. Yeah. And one time her friend said like they were, she was with her and she did something wrong or something he didn't want it. And he threw a whole pizza at her in public because he got mad at her. So, what? you know, not, not great behavior, you know, no. <laughs> she was apparently going to leave him. And two weeks later, after he found that out, he proposed and she stayed with him. So now it's not looking like a good relationship either. Um, And then Tina, at Gabe's request before the wedding, uh, he asked her to increase her life insurance to the maximum. Um, And she went to her dad about it. And her dad said, well, lie and tell him you did it, but don't. So that's what she did. Um, Okay. So, I mean, the parents must have known there was trouble in paradise. They did. Okay. Okay. Because, yes, I mean, yes. why would you tell your daughter to lie to her new mm-hmm. husband? They knew he was kind of kind of controlling. They didn't really like him that much. But I don't, I don't think they knew the extent. But um, in, like, the little documentary thing I watched, her dad said, like, I never liked him, like, from the start. So I think he was all too happy to say, like, don't give him life insurance. Yeah. <laughs> Which is smart. Um, so after her death, um, Gabe was surprised to find out that her father was the beneficiary of her life insurance, not him. 
So now the police believe that this was the motive and that he was angry at the family. So that's why he was like taking the flowers and stuff like that. Um, because he didn't get what he wanted. Mm -hmm. So it starts to go to trial and the defendants argue that it was just an accident that, um, Tina had medical conditions with her heart, even though there was no evidence of her heart being a factor. And the autopsy also denied that it was like a panic attack that caused her to lose oxygen. Like it was something more abrupt than that. Um, Gabe during the trial starts dating somebody else and his family is fully like to this day, fully believes he's completely innocent. Um, and they stand by him through the trial and there's an inquest to see if this even should go to trial. And then finally in 2008, five years after her death, it is ruled that Gabe should stand trial for her murder. And the coroner is called in and he cites inconsistencies in Gabe's interview with the police or she um, and the claims of Tina's father about the insurance as reasons, like as motive. So it's basically with like prosecution versus defendant is accident versus murder. So there's like, they're really, de- that's what the debate is. That and, is um, so difficult to prove. Yeah. As with the circumstances, like even with everything, like his, the background about the relationship, everything, it's hard to definitively prove for sure. Right. Um, he also, mm, oh, Gabe's attorneys also suggested that Tina's death was caused by arrhythmia, obstruction caused by vomiting, um, or anxiety, something like that. Because apparently she had vomited at some point underwater so they thought she choked on the vomit underwater and died but that's what Gabe's attorneys were trying to push um which could have been plausible but I don't think the coroner um agreed because the coroner said quote a properly instructed jury could make a finding of guilt against David Gabriel Watson on a charge of murder based on their findings of like her autopsy. Wow. Yeah. Um, and in August 2008, Gabe married his girlfriend, Kim. Um, and the media had like this big frenzy that she looks just like Tina. I haven't seen any pictures of her, so I don't know. Um, but apparently she looked like Tina. Um, in 2009, Gabe voluntarily goes back to Australia to stand trial there and he pleads guilty to manslaughter at a Brisbane Supreme Court admitting to not fulfilling his obligation as um a diving partner but he pleaded not guilty to murder so he is sentenced to four years with three suspended um for manslaughter which is not obviously the highest. Um, what am I trying to say? It is, it's, it's not really what Tina's family wanted because you kind of get off easy 
with manslaughter rather than like first degree murder. Yeah. You know? Right. Um, but, but the judge who sentenced him, justice Peter Lyons said that Gabe failed to make any reasonable attempt to take the deceased to the surface. I therefore accept that you are guilty of a very serious departure from the standard of care, which was incumbent upon you with the result that your conduct is deserving of criminal punishment. So Tina's family and the investigators are furious with this. They wanted a first degree murder sentencing, but um, the judge is adamant that he made the correct ruling that they couldn't prove it was murder. However, he did leave her there. So they can only stick it with manslaughter, really. I don't, I, that makes sense. I mean, that's so hard to prove what his intent is, even with all the relationship issues that you were talking about before. Like, okay, I mean, throwing a pizza at someone in public versus murder, that's a, that's a huge jump. It is. Yeah. I mean, the whole life insurance thing is, is strange. Like, mm-hmm. that's really, but... I mean, that's all. But there's not enough. Exactly. That's all circumstantial. Right. Um, So there were a bunch of appeals were attempted to be made. And Alabama attorney General King also jumped in um, stateside wanting the Australian authorities, sorry, to be more thorough, basically. And they said that Tina's life was worth more than just 12 months, which is what he ended up serving. And they said, levying a 12-month suspended sentence on Watson sends a terrible message to foreigners that if you desire to kill your spouse, Queensland should be your homicide destination. So it's a pretty harsh judgment on the Australian court. In September... 2009, the Australian Court of Appeals added six months to Gabe's prison time um, to kind of try to appease all of these, like, like the outrage, basically. Um, But the judge continued to stand by his decision that Gabe was panicked and made stupid decisions, but did not have intent of murder. So in the end, he served 18 months total after, like, the added appeals. He was... Gabe was put back in court in 2012 in Alabama this time. The lights okay. went off again. Um, so state police were really pushing to get this back on American soil so that they could get the first degree murder. So they came up with a way to give them jurisdiction, which would be proving the crime's intent started in the states. Um, okay. So that's what they had to do to get a guilty verdict. Um, If he was found guilty of this, he would serve life sentence in Alabama. Um, However, the uh, judge Tommy Nail ruled there was insufficient evidence for the case to go to a jury and he was acquitted of the charge. So it didn't even go to trial. He was acquitted before that. the judge ruled that evidence of an insurance payout was inadmissible because it was hearsay and there was no more legal, legal avenues to pursue after this. There were, there could be no more appeals. Um, basically every Avenue that could have been taken 
has been done. So the case has to be legally put to rest forever. They can no longer open it back up. Um, whether you believe it or not, that's unfortunately, well, you don't have a definitive answer because unfortunately the court will not reopen this case for anything now because her family tried so many different ways in different times in America and Australia. So unfortunately for Tina's family, manslaughter, 18 month service is all that they got. Wow. And it, yeah, it's pretty divisive. Some people really believe Gabe didn't do it. And some people are very, very adamant that he did do it. So it is so difficult yeah. because, okay, he might be a jerk. He mm-hmm. might just be a really crap person that got really angry at the situation and really angry at the family. And so a lot of the stuff he did after her death might have been out of his anger towards the family. Right. He might just be an idiot too. Like just because you're trained in something doesn't mean that you necessarily will act um, properly when mm-hmm. that com- when it comes to it. Exactly. I mean, you never know how you're going to act in a panicked situation. And he might have been like, frantic too who knows like he's seeing her sinking down whether she's panicking whether she's just sinking serenely and you know I don't know I mean his story changes a lot it does yeah which is kind of the I think that's like the biggest reason why I am still leaning toward him being guilty mm-hmm. it's just lack lack of alibi or lack of, not lack of alibi, lack of, um, what am I thinking? What is the, what is the word I'm looking Motive? for? Motive, yes. Yeah. I just don't see it. I just don't get why you'd go through all this just, and then it's not like he really milked it because some people will kill their new spouse just to milk the story. Just be like, yeah, my wife died. She drowned while we were on our honeymoon. Uh-huh. Like, that's a really sad story that, that a lot of people could really milk, but, like, he almost just seemed to, like, make a joke out of it <clears throat> at Christmas. Yeah. Not really out of that, but, like, I don't know. Yeah, it's, I, I definitely don't know what to think. I lean more towards guilty as well, just because I think, like, the way he I think he purposely tampered with like the dive computer or for something but it is something I acknowledge that's very hard to prove so I'm not going to definitively say like oh yeah he's definitely guilty so yeah it's not one of those ones where we're where you and I are kind of saying oh he needs to rot in prison and yeah sometimes you and I will be so angry about a case that we'll be like he deserves to be (laughs) forever but oh it's God. hard. It's hard to say because even yeah. if even if there was like a split second even where he just decided, you know what, like maybe I don't save her. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's murder. It's still murder. It's murder. But it's not um, pre pre uh, premeditated. Premeditated. That's the word I'm looking right. for. Right. That's I don't know. I really don't know what to think. Yeah, it's it's very difficult because the judge could be absolutely right. He just made like really stupid, negligent decisions. Yeah. And, and I mean, that, I've, that's it. I've, I've seen it in situations or I've even been in situations 
not always. I, I feel like I usually respond to okay during medical emergencies at the hospital, but um, where someone basically is like, oh, I need to do this first. No, I need to go do this. And like basically like kind of running in circles for a second, kind of trying to figure out what to do first, what's the best option. Yeah. And so he panicked and was like, I, I'm, I'm going to go back to the surface. Right. Exactly. Yeah. He could so have. Fun. Absolutely. And then maybe he was so panicked that his his idea of what the story was was not um, was not right. accurate. Yeah, I, I do think it's very suspicious. He changed his story a few times, but again, I, you just never know. I don't, no. I don't know. Yeah, unfortunately, I'm sorry, everyone. I can't give you a definitive the end to this case really because i i myself cannot make up my mind about it really so right you know there maybe one day he'll confess like on his deathbed he'll finally confess maybe have you seen those um those tiktoks where it's saying like nursing school yes yeah, didn't prepare me for all the murders that people would confess to. Yeah. On their deathbed. I have not had that yet. No, I, yeah. Yeah, that's good. I have not had anyone confess any murders to me. Thank God. Right. But you hear some crazy stories through that. Yeah. I, I would listen to one crazy one last night on TikTok. <laughs> that was really weird. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe he will. Yeah. But anywho. Well, that was that was very interesting. That was a that was a good um not good. What's the word I'm looking for? You know. I'm really I'm stupid today. <laughs> I'm stupid. I, I'm so stupid. I can't think of any words. <laughs> I'm a little distracted with the baby that's bouncing around in my yeah, lap. Yeah, you have a baby on your lap. So, so I, you, I have an excuse. You're fine. Like <laughs> and in this time she had she managed to spit up at one point when you were talking she spit up all over herself <laughs> um <laughs> love it love it you see her trying to drink out of the bottle too yes I saw <laughs> yeah i was drinking out of them um, one of those sparkling ice drinks and she kept taking it and opening her mouth and wanting to like try to drink it too that's the first time i've ever <laughs> seen like, her mine like hello yeah. she's like this this a bottle why is mommy drinking my bottle? <laughs> See? She's like, oh, no. Oh. Yeah. Oh, well, anyway. I will. Um, do you want to close us out? <laughs> you want to close us out, Jilly? Okay. You say, say, I'm Jilly. <laughs> yeah, okay. So she just said, I'm Jilly. And I'm Jilly. <laughs> And I'm Emily. And you just listened to A Sprinkle of Sugar, A Dash of Murder. Now you got to sing.